Good morning, everybody. This is Wayne with the Flag Drop Podcast. I'm going to apologize in advance for the way that this episode ends. It's very abrupt with pretty much no warning. Uh, I got some bad news while we were having our conversation and had to cut it short. At any rate, enjoy. Uh, this is a good talk with Harrison Waters, with Smooth Waters Locating. Uh, he's If you head over to flagdroughtcom slash podcast, you can see some information about him, and there's some links on there uh, right above his picture. If you're interested in following the podcast, it's almost anywhere podcasts are available now, and you can head over to Again, flagdrought.com slash podcast. Down at the bottom, you'll see my picture with a little description of me. There's a bunch of links in there for different groups that I've set up. Enjoy. Welcome back to another episode of the Flag Drought Podcast. I'm Wayne, and I'm here today with Harrison Waters from Texas. Harrison is a private locator with several years of experience. Introduce yourself to everybody. Hi, my name is Harrison, and I've done a lot of public locating. I've touched every utility except for water and septic in the public sector, Um, but I've been doing it since 2018, and I loved every minute of it from the start. So as soon as I found out about uh, the company I started with, I I asked them for projects, trouble areas, and generally other things that other people wouldn't want to do because it's either too hard or there's too many, whatever, whatever the situation was, I would ask for the difficult things because it was enjoyable to me. What was it about the difficult stuff that you enjoyed so much? Well, um, it's like a puzzle, you know, you get there and then all the pieces are scattered, but then you start locating the utilities one at a time and it all starts to fit together wherever the utilities go. Yeah, that's kind of what I like about when I get some of those big projects too, it's, it's just, uh, it's, it can be difficult, but it's fun trying to get, it's like a jigsaw puzzle, but you know, people can die. Right. Yeah, exactly. There is that as well. But I mean, you know, if you know what you're doing, then there's no worries other than the outside factors that you can't control. Yeah, for sure. Uh, how long have you been in the game? Since 2018. Yeah, it's not too terribly long, but I mean, I've done a lot of work. When the, when I went to the company and got hired, I mean, like I've done, I don't know, let me see. I mean, uh, probably done like 2,100 locates in six months. Oh, wow. We'll just say that. Yeah. So I'd be out there and I've only had two damages. It's not too bad. And you're, you're in the, the Dallas metro area, right? No, I'm in the Houston area. Oh, okay. I bet that's probably a bit of a nightmare from time to time. Yeah, Texas, On honestly, Texas in general, I've talked to people in other states and they say Texas is like some outlaw country. You know what I mean? It's like the Wild West out here and people are doing whatever they want to. And I that's believe, true. Yeah, I believe that. Uh, here, fortunately, we only locate electric for one company. So it's super simple. And the way they lay stuff out, it makes perfect sense most of the time. So it's like, it's a cakewalk. And then we go somewhere like South Dakota and it's an absolute nightmare. And they've, you know, 32 services run into one primary transformer and 
you gotta you spend six hours marking for one tree to be planted. So what was it that brought you into locating initially? Um, I was a construction worker. I was doing building buildings in downtown Houston. Um, and I was looking for another job because I was working like 10 hours a day, 12 hours a day, almost like physical labor. And I just wanted anything else. I, I found this on Craigslist, like the company was advertising, oh, work in utilities and get what, $14 an hour. I was making $10 an hour at the moment. So I thought it was pretty cool. But I mean, if I would have known about this earlier, honestly, I feel like if I would have known about utility locating as soon as I graduated high school, I would have gone straight to it. And at 18, if I got in by 28, you'd have 10 years of experience. And I think that that's who we should be targeting these young kids because they're stupid. You know what I mean? Like I was a stupid kid too, but yeah, so I mean, they don't know what they want to do. You know, you get a truck, get a computer and just be out there all day long until you figure out what you want to make. I mean, you know, earn. It's a real passion for you then. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. We need more people in the industry that care and are passionate about it. I cannot agree more. I think that goes for every industry out there anywhere, though. Mm -hmm. I was just talking about this with somebody yesterday. Uh, the way that the way the jobs are marketed and advertised, it sounds like the absolute most boring thing that you could do. And I think that the companies that are hiring in general are just they need somebody to rework their job descriptions. And we might be able to get I think some, so too. Might be able to get some more dedicated people into it after more than just a paycheck, I think. Yeah, there's a couple factors I think that should be looked at, but that was a whole nother discussion there. Yeah. Oh. What what did you start out locating utility wise? What did I start locating? Yeah. Okay. AT&T, Comcast, um, both fiber, copper. Uh, let me think. I did a little bit of gas, a little bit of electric, like here and there in my first, you know, two years or something like that. So it's just flood right out the gate, do everything. Right. Yeah. I was locating like 200 pair of fibers. Okay. I don't get much fiber. So yeah, that's kind of down nice. here. They were shooting it. Yeah, they're putting it in everywhere up here right now. Have you ever seen electric fiber? I've heard it's a new thing. I've seen it one time, but I've never seen it directly. I've only seen it on the map. And I wanted to ask an electric guy, like, have you ever oh. heard of fiber electric? Yeah, it's weird. It's a no. fiber optic that carries an electric current. I'm going to have to look into that. That sounds interesting. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're, they're doing some strange stuff and around uh, Phoenix and Las Vegas right now with the way they're burying it. But uh, no, I haven't heard of that. Yeah, I was just trying to see if you did. Cause like, I only heard about it last two, a year and a half ago. And like, they said that we're not supposed to touch those locates that we let a supervisor or whatever take care of it. Yeah. Cause it's so, I don't know, it's expensive. Oh, I bet it is. <laughs> wonder if, I wonder if there's any, I could go on with my curiosities about that all day. Yeah, for sure. We'll talk later about it. So you located a few years, public utilities, and then decided that you get, you just 
made the jump, woke up one day and you were suddenly a private locator, right? Right. Um, I think from the beginning of my company though, like, I mean, it was pretty quick like that. Like was it in the very beginning, my first, yeah, my first six months, I knew I wanted to open my own business. Of course, I can't uh, locate public utilities because I'd need like, I don't know, three or 400 people for that or, at least, you know, whatever. I don't know what you need to start up a public utility locating company, but <clears throat> like, I know I'm not going to be the next big company and compete with everybody there. But at the same time, private is so easy. Anybody can open a company. Well, easy for me because I know what I'm doing. You know, I don't want to expect a contractor to know everything about the soil conditions and all that. But um, well, I think this July is when I opened my company and I was just like, I think I'm ready to start my company and get my footprint out there. And I'll take uh, the winter to get my name out there. So by the time the summer's around, they know who I am and they know where to go. If anybody listening were thinking about going from their job with a public locating to private, aside from the very high costs of the equipment, uh, what other concerns should they be thinking about? Insurance, uh, let me see. There's two types of insurance. You need coverage for your liability, like if you mismark and you damage a utility, but you also need insurance that's like professionalism insurance. You give your professional counsel uh, consolation. And like, if you're wrong, then they can sue you because of that, because of your word. Oh, well, I told you to dig like this, but you're supposed to dig like that. And uh, that's my professional opinion. So that's something that needs to be insured as well. Um, start your own business. You have to have an LLC or a DBA. Um, let me see what else, the paint, the flags, the equipment, besides, you know, the locator, you want, you're gonna want a clamp. That's gonna be five to $600. Uh, then you're going to want, you know, sewage inspection stuff if you want to really get in deep with it. And that's like $6,000. I don't even have that yet. Uh, yeah, I was looking at prices on some of the equipment on a couple of websites and like a new RD, I think it was the 8200. Um, yes. It's almost $11,000. And then the GPR equipment is 20 plus. Like, so that's not something yeah. that somebody's just going to, you know, decide they're not just going to hop out of bed and run to the store and pick that stuff up and start making money for themselves. It's got to be planned for. Yeah. And you know what a lot of people are doing, though? They're buying cheap. They have to get like the RD is great. I think like everybody should use the RD or the what's it called? The five backs. You know what I mean? The top name brands. But there's people out there getting like. 10 year old pathfinders that don't really work that well they're not updated the software isn't up to date so it's not really exactly right and they're like oh i can locate too look how easy it is and i'm like yeah but i mean you don't really know what's going on and your machine isn't up to date like ours is ours gets up to date updated like every six months you know what i mean every across the industry at least i think that's what it is for everybody else six months to a year i never really thought about the equipment age being a factor, but I could definitely see that because I see some, there's a guy around here that does a lot of water work and he carries this, I, gosh, I don't even, I don't know what it is. It just, it kind of looks like it belongs with one of the original Nintendos. Mm, yeah. 
It's just I know what you're talking about. Gray box, and he walks around with it, and it's somewhere around here. Oh well, I mean, if that's good enough for you. Yeah. And really, another thing is, even with professional locating equipment, not everything goes right all the time. I can be near a meter, and like, let's say four times out of ten, I'm going to be near a meter, and like, it won't read that well. So I'll have to know how it is installed, or I'll have to know these tricks. For example, like, if I don't get a meter reading, I'll go to the other end of the line where it's near the pedestal and try and get the trace off that and uh, track it back to the meter. But people don't know that if they haven't done it before. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I don't get the meter. What am I supposed to do? Well, you unhook from the meter and then you go to the pedestal and hook up there and see if you get a signal there. And that's one small thing, but it's one thing that's very important, you know? And this is a lot of guesswork too. If you can't get the utility located right, you have to either go off the prints. And if you don't have prints like a per private locator, you have to really dig in and figure out how you're going to get that signal or you guess and like, well, I'm pretty sure it's going this way because it ends here and it starts here or whatever. You know what I mean? You just like puzzle pieces. You just see what fits. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. I drive around I'm in a real rural route. So most of what I do is around farms and stuff. And I pull up to some of these farmsteads and and sometimes the, the owner will get annoyed. They never get belligerently mad, but they definitely get annoyed because I'll go up and I'll just, I'm only allowed to mark to the meter. And they called 811 because they want to know where their power lines are that were put in the ground 45 years ago. And I can't help them. You know, mm -hmm. there's 25 buildings with all with power buried to them. How do you, how do you, start to find where your lines are when you've got several buildings in different places and nothing to go off of. You have to go off of visual sites, anything that's going to go into the ground from a riser or anything like that. Um, and then like you can't mark what you can't see. So if there's no start point, then there's no way you can do it without GPR or your power sweeping because you can power sweep and that's like the last technique that you want to use because it's not very solid you know you're not you're not aware of what you're locating you're just picking something up so that's like the last like i said the last technique you want to use but look for any access point or any meter riser anything that you can hook onto heck sometimes i've even had to like ugh, it's dangerous but like on a low voltage wire i'll strip it a little bit and actually direct connect to the electricity and that's not for something huge. That's for something like, well, it's not tracing and there's no other way to do it. So either I don't mark it or I, you know, risk this little electric shock. So when us that are still working for companies doing public stuff, we get a damage and it costs the company money, but it's never anything out of our paycheck until we get fired for it. I imagine for you, doing the private stuff, you get in there and you paint a line that's two feet off of where it is. You're paying for that yourself or does insurance help with that? How's that work? Well, the insurance will take care of it all. I think I have a deductible that I have to pay. Like if 
they're paying like a million dollars. I have to pay X amount, I think. Um, but like that's what the insurance is for and liability. Uh, so if anything happens like that, I'm covered like up to a million or two million dollars. Hopefully you don't have to ever have to experience that. Yeah. And also real quick with the uh, people that want to start their own utility locating company, um, you set the rules of what you want and what you expect the contractor to do. So whatever your agreement says in your contract is what they have to follow. I went the same rules. I said uh, 18 inches on both sides plus the diameter of the pipe is where you dig with a shovel. If you're digging in that area with an excavator, then it cancels out our agreement and you uh, take any damage, you know? So you set the rules for what you expect. If they sign it, then that's what they follow. If they don't sign it, you don't do the work. And if it's not in writing, it didn't happen. Exactly, exactly too. I always tell people, now that I've uh, located the private utilities, you know, you got the public to worry about. So anything you that gets damaged, I told you to call 811. And if you don't, that's your fault. That's good too. Yeah. And they're late over here a lot on the public side. They ask me to do it, but I'm like, I'm scared of Centerpoint and AT&T. I don't want them coming down on my company saying that I don't have a contract and, you know, why am I marking their lines? Like, it's such a headache. You ain't got the money to fight with them. Right. Exactly. They know what they're doing. They have their people and that's who needs to do it. Their people, not me. Hmm. <laughs> But that's what I face as a private locator. They'll be like, oh, just mark it real quick. Oh, nobody will know. And I'm like, yeah, right. When you damage that line, who are you going to say that uh, marked it? Me. Yeah. No, <laughs> nobody will know until it's time for everybody to know. Exactly. Oh, I trust you. But when it comes to money, uh, not that much. Yeah, right. Uh, You're not paying my bills. Right. Well, they kind of are. <laughs> Oh, no, I work for them. You've probably met a lot of great people out there and about. I've met some pretty good people, some solid people that I still consider colleagues. What about eccentric homeowners? I had this lady one time, like, I was marking near her fence, and then there was a mark on it already, and she was behind me, so I wasn't paying attention, and I accidentally sprayed the mark again. But it was like, half an inch it wasn't even a big deal and she's like you just marked my thing my uh marked my fence and i was like sorry lady it was an accident and she went full caring on me and i was like here here but when i come back from this neighborhood i'll come scrub it off i have a funny um contractor too he asked me for the depth and we're not supposed to give the depth of the utility and i was like i'm in the middle of marking you know like why are you stopping me he's like give me the depth or you get off my charging site right now and i'm like all right bye and he was like screaming in my face, telling me to give him the depth of the elite. I'm like, my boss is not going to let me do this. You know what I mean? You can look if you want to, but I'm not going to physically tell you anything. He's like, I'm not going to look at your machine. You're going to tell me. All right. Bye, dude. He was a crazy dude. I, I like to tell him two to 10 feet. <laughs> That's good. Uh, they would usually, I mean, most of them know that. The ones that I work with have, for the most part, been locators before, so they know. Um, but, yeah, it, it kind of sucks that we don't have accurate readings of that. Yeah. I, I will tell you the truth, though. Sorry. No, nah, it's, it's good. I was just thinking, is there any uh, any equipment that will actually tell you a reliable depth number? <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, I was about to say that the RD, the radio detection. I don't know about Vivax and the other ones, but I definitely know radio detection does, and it's accurate. I, I can't say within six inches or whatever, but I know it's accurate because I've seen it. You know what I mean? I've seen it plenty of times, and then I've seen it where the utility will be dug out and it'll just be laying in the trench, and I can just see it from there. So like, oh, it's a foot down, and you can see that it says a foot down. Yeah, I think for the most part, the RDs are pretty close. I have seen uh, one time I went out for, so they could dig up and repair a primary and it was the, it was the power company. So I said, yeah, this tells me it's two feet. You guys know that doesn't mean anything and you know how deep you bury your lines. And so I told them this, this says about two feet. They start digging, they get to two feet. There's nothing. So we'll check it again. Same thing. So they dig another foot, nothing. It ended up being just over 10 feet that this line was put in. And it told me too, yeah, well, I'm not going to be telling people depths no more after that. Yeah, exactly. That's why we're not really supposed to tell them anything. Even me, I'm like, it's not really, you know, 100%. It could be, but you just never know. I can tell you the left and right. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, you did mention something earlier that um, when the people ex call 811, they expect 811 to come mark everything out. And I think what is lacking there is across the nation, not one specific location. Um, 811 needs to tell the public, you know, let them know that the private side isn't really going to be marked. And people don't know that, you know, I've called as a private locator and they're like, oh, well, I have 811. They come mark everything. And I'm like, no, they really don't. They leave off sewer, electric, water, private cables, uh, secondary buildings like barns and sheds and stuff like that. And then people just don't believe it. They think you're trying to scam them out of stuff, you know. And it's like, yeah, I think 811s should do better, uh, a better job of uh, telling the public that, that they still need a private locator. What, what's the actual process that happens when somebody calls 811? Okay, so when you call 811, you have a damage prevention agent that answers the phone. They'll take your information and your ticket information and uh, put it into a computer. <clears throat> and you get GPS coordination and all that. So they'll highlight the ticket like you see on a map. And uh, that's where they do that. That highlight that you see on the map, that's them yeah. doing that. And uh, so they do that area and then uh, they send it off to uh, a different department to send it to the locators or clear it out. Oh yeah, they only send it to that department if those people are a part of this program that we have. I'm sorry, so never mind. But they do create that ticket and then they send the ticket out to the locators. If Yeah, that's the normal operation. That program, that one a friend of mine that was fascinated with I'm pretty sure it's what you're talking about he was with uh, the big company that has white pickups and yeah. uh, he would always hear about how these tickets were just cleared before they even came to him could never yeah. figure it out I've thought about how that would work quite a bit too well that company does uh its own screening as well because okay. uh, it does, yeah. So there's multiple screening agencies that are in the nation. So we do our area, you know, they sign up with us or they sign up with that company. 
And uh, these are businesses that do that. So the business wants to save money. They don't want to send a locator where there's no need for a locator. And on top of that, it bogs down the system. Y'all are already busy enough and it cuts down on a lot of the fog. So if the company signed up with it, they will get that service. If not, they won't. And they might get it from that other company. Okay. And then it depends on the company that's that owns the contract that right. owns the utility if if they're willing to accept that too. Right. And okay. it's usually the way we're trained is that um, I have locating experience, so I can bring that to the table. But other people that don't have that locating experience, they get trained with reading tickets to read the, like, you know, you've been trained on reading blueprints and all that. Same thing for us. It's not the same because it's not the same company, but it's the same idea. Okay. But they've just never had the practical application of it. Right. In the real world. Okay. Uh, for the you've mentioned to me before that there's some changes that you think would be cool to see in the locating industry as a whole and with 811 what what do you think those what are those changes that you think would be good to have i think that the laws should be considered to be changed. I know it's going to affect a lot of different things. It's going to hurt areas of the industry, but it's also going to help other areas of the industry, foundational areas that need this change. And again, you know, not a lot of people want to change the laws because it benefits certain, certain, let's say organizations, certain large organizations are benefited from the way it is now. And if we change it, it could affect the lower regions of that organization. And they don't really want that. You know what I mean? They want to be making all the decisions and all that. And um, I'm not talking from an 811's perspective. I mean, everyone involved in this industry. You know what I mean? The big guys don't want the little guys to change the, change the structure. But there's a call for it. There's a need for it. There's a reason we have... Uh, shortage in utility locators across the nation because nobody wants to do this job. It's not that it's not fun. It's just that it's extremely stressful and it takes a special person to be able to handle that stress and being out there 10 hours a day, even on the weekends, that's going to just, you know, it makes people not want to do the job. And it's a great job. There's plenty of benefits to it. You know what I mean? There's plenty of benefits. If it were different or I was able to talk to people about changing the environment, then like I would still be in public utilities today. But I mean, like they don't want to do that. And I'm like, all right, fine. You don't want to change the laws. Then let's change the environment where we don't need to change the law. Let's help out the locator and the excavator, you know, but I don't know. There's so much resistance to change that I don't I don't know where to begin. What laws specifically do you have in mind? I think white lining would be a gold mine for everyone. Like mandatory white lining. If it's yes. not white lined, you close that ticket and they make a new one. You know what I mean? That's like the biggest thing for me. Out of everything, that is what is the biggest thing, white lining. And it's a law in the nation, but it's not law with the states. So I guess like federal laws and then state laws is different. Oh, you don't have to do it in Texas, but you have to do it in California. 
And I'm like, this is dumb. You know, we have to be in one a union, not a union, but we have to be in like-minded is what I meant. I want to stay away from that U word. <laughs> I've been working with one of our state senators to try and get a law for that written, um, for, for that exact. Really? Thing. Yeah. Uh, get me on talk to me man because that's what i'm talking about too i'm about this stuff and i think another thing is public utilities shouldn't be run by companies it should be organized like police and the companies can still run the their their part of it they can do their business but they will be considered like police because if you mismark a, a utility you could kill somebody and that's public safety it's not just like a burger that you burn oh they burnt my burger oh my fries are small not large yeah fine mess it up go into the store and get it back no harm no foul if you mess this up somebody's not going home because they blew up or they got electrocuted or uh for god's sakes you know the sewer got hit and that leaked into the soil then you have to clean everything up that's a major disaster too these are not uh, fries and burgers we're doing we're talking about public safety and it makes me angry that people treat it like a business instead of what it is, public safety. That's pretty solid reasoning for that. Yeah. Got to give you that. Oh. And this is, the, this is the stuff that people don't want to hear. You know what I mean? The locators, we're all in agreement. We all think this, yes, yes, yes. But then as soon as you get promoted to that supervisor role, nah, you know what I mean? That manager role, nah, you're thinking about the company. You're not thinking about the locators anymore. I think that's that's definitely true and that's where it's where a lot of the specifically there's really none of the companies that are just outright terrible companies. It's you're right. It's every every stinking level of management, you get a little more and a little more micromanagement coming down. And it's just because because of the perspective change from the person that's out working the 16 hour days and they they give a shit, they care about it. Otherwise they wouldn't be putting in those hours for relatively thankless job. Uh, but there is that definite perspective change once somebody goes on salary. And I've dealt with that myself and other, in other jobs, but that's a real thing. Yeah. And I agree. I feel like this is a war. All of us are soldiers. And we are fighting in a, in a daily battle against damages. And I mean, you got smart leaders and you got dumb leaders. You got smart foot soldiers and you got dumb foot soldiers. The whole thing is a mess. The companies themselves, you know, I've been through a few companies and I was looking where the best fit was for me. And I just ended up deciding that my own company needs to start up so I can you know, run it the way I want to. And it's not nothing wrong with the companies that I work for. It's just the environment, the stress, you know, dealing with the contractors and the laws, always doing, it's always some kind of drama or it's some kind of difficult thing that you're not going to get help with. You know, there's a shortage in utility locators. Like it sucks when you're on a project and you know, you got to do this by yourself. Yeah. And I, I used to wear an army chest rig and I would load myself up with paint and all that. I really do it. People be laughing, but look, I got four cans of paint, two sets of batteries, all my flags. And then on top of that, I got uh, another set of flags and paint in the, in the, in the paint, paint stick. So like I took down a four mile locate 
in three hours. Actually, kind of, I might adopt that idea with, well, with winter coming, I can't just reach into my back pocket and pull out my extra can of yeah. paint. And really, honestly, you can carry more on your chest rig. Uh, you can carry more on your chest rig and um, it doesn't put strain on your back. It puts it all on your chest. So you're actually working out. Uh, give me a second, one second. I'll be right back. Okay, so this is it right here. That's my, let me get it to show. Oh, sorry. <laughs> there we go. You see, kind of. Oh, sorry, dude. Sorry, I, I'm, I got I'm, my chest rig anyway. I'm intimately familiar with such a thing. Oh, yeah, you're a vet, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got mine off of Optic Planet, opticsplanet.com, but you can okay. get yours anywhere. I don't know where you get them, but uh, it really does take the strain off your back. I tried everything. I tried like the tool belt around my waist, the backpack and all that. I just didn't like the way the backpack would like pull on my shoulders and stuff like that. Yeah, and this it is just stress on your lower out. back. Yeah, and it distributes the weight evenly. And I thought about that, like soldiers march with heavy equipment on them at all times. So it's meant for distributing the weight so that they can do it comfortably, march for hours comfortably. And that's the same thing we're doing. We're just marching in people's backyards. Can't believe I didn't think of that earlier. I think that like, like a lot of soldiers would like this too, because it keeps your brain working. And when you get back from being, you know, um, on what's it called on duty, and you come back, you want to do something with your mind to keep yourself distracted. And this is a really good distraction. That's a that's another area that I'm trying to do some research and development on is talking specifically with veterans who are in locating now. Because for me, myself, I could not find a job after I got out that was even mildly interesting. As, after you've been around the world twice and seen all the cool stuff there is to see and you, you get so used to working with people that have your back no matter what and then going into a regular civilian job just blows and then yeah i bet i stepped out of i stepped out of retail management and found this job didn't know what it was uh fell in love partly because I've got you know 3,700 square miles of space that I get to explore every day but also I think what would appeal to a lot of people not just vets is it's it's really a self-paced self-managed job as long as you do the work that you need to do and keep yourself off the soups list then life's not that bad yeah and you know what? I've come across people that like they feel like the work is too much. So they sit in their truck and they'll do like two, two locates a day or something like that, maybe three or four. And then there's people that do their 18, but then they do them real slow, too. They'll be like two or three tickets and then they'll sit in their truck. And I'm like, if you just do your job, you can get all that stuff done. And like instead of chilling, trying to find 10 minutes to find or a little, 10 minutes to relax, like just get it done. You know what I mean? keep yourself busy. And that's what I love to keep myself busy. You know, um, I've had jobs where it's chill and you can relax and all that stuff, but they don't pay much. And if they do pay, you definitely shouldn't be doing that. Yeah. That's a fact. I, yeah. I kind of have that, 
that same drive myself. It's I can have 60 in a day and get through that just fine. But if I have like with everything slowing down up here now with it getting cold, I get 30, which is typically that's a big day for up in the city, but I ain't up in the city. So mm. a lot of that is clears and well, how do you get through 30 tickets a day? I don't get through 30 tickets a day. I get through 30 tickets before lunch. Cause I can't, you can't pull up to something and stop and then just sit around and twiddle your thumbs for 10 minutes and move on to the next one. Right. Yeah. You gotta be planning always. It's like, stop. It's clear. Close it. Move on. I think that's why I did so well too. Cause if I wouldn't have had asthma and a bad back, I would have been a soldier. And yeah. that's what got me. Yeah. That's what got me is like, I had that soldier mentality and I want to do something, you know, but I've, I have the drive that other people don't. And I've only met like soldiers who have that drive with, with me. So what, what kind of general advice for locating or maybe dealing with upset contractors or homeowners or something, any kind of advice you've got for people listening? Well, for homeowners and stuff like that, always knock on the door first. I don't care if you sound like the police, you better bang on that door. Cause like the last thing you want is someone coming up behind you and asking why you're there on their porch with a gun. There's plenty of people getting robbed these days. And I've had a bunch of teammates say, oh, I got robbed or not robbed, uh, gunpoint. I got held at gunpoint by the homeowner because you didn't knock or you didn't knock loud enough or whatever, you know? And they're not right for doing that. But at the same time, just knock and announce yourself, yell in the backyard or whatever. Um, as far as other advice, I feel like, I guess, if you're interested in this job, learn as much as you can. Uh, ask for trouble locates, ask for difficult places. I wouldn't say ask for the projects because there's not really a benefit except for the knowledge of that. But I mean, you're gonna be working a lot for the projects. That's what I mean. So ask for the trouble locates and then ask for the, the ask for a lot so you can be exposed to different things. Like I was exposed to different things and I'm more successful because of it. <clears throat> And if, just because there's an easy way to do something, it doesn't mean it's the right way to do something. There's a lot of shortcuts that are going to get your line damaged. And oh, yeah. if you're going that way, yeah, you let's say this. You take a shortcut and it gets you 30 tickets a day. But if you did it the right way, you'd be at 18 tickets a day. And if the supervisor looks at any of those messed up tickets, you're going to get in trouble for not doing it correctly. And when you start doing it correctly, they're going to say, oh, well, Mr. Fast is now only doing 18 tickets a day because he's doing it the proper way. You're going to screw yourself over by doing taking shortcuts. You won't know the proper way to do things when you have to do it, and it matters. At the beginning of our conversation, you'd said that you liked doing the big, hairy, dirty projects. And then with, with what you just said about taking time to do it right, uh, has there ever been some project that you've looked at and thought there's no way in hell I'm going to get this done and then walked out of it better than expected. Mm, yeah. Like I think there was a couple projects that, <clears throat> yeah, I've had some mile long projects, like more than a mile, multiple mile long projects that um, I've looked at. And then it just turns out it's only one line. And then you may have a, what's it called, a uh, service that goes into the building or something here and there. 
but you take care of the main line first and then you drive to the services and uh, knock those out. And I mean, uh, once you see that you can cut it up into parts, that makes a ticket a lot easier. It's almost never as bad as it looks. No right. matter how bad it is, it's usually not as bad as it looks. Yeah. The only thing I will say, like, I tell people to be hesitant about, you know, asking for projects because I know you're not going to get the help that you need on them when you need them. Because you can do a couple projects on your own. That's fine. But like week after week, if you have a project or if you have multiple projects in a month, it's going to slow you down and make you tired. And when you want that help, you're most likely not going to get it. And um, that's what I learned the hard way. And it's not always a, a personal thing on why you're not getting that help, but everybody else is probably drowning in work too. Yeah, yeah. And I don't take it personally. I just, I don't mean it that way either, where it is a personal thing, but I'm just like, yeah. Yeah, and I get it. I definitely understand that it's not personal because I see my friends' boards, you know what I mean? I don't look at them, but they tell me. And I'm like, yeah, y'all are swamped out there. So I get it. I don't need your help because you have your own stuff to worry about. But at the same time, there's companies out there that make billions of dollars a year. So there should be no excuse as to why we have a shortage of locators in their, uh, in their department. Yeah. Aside from the, the general economic factors and everybody being shorthanded, I, I don't understand it, but there's nothing I can do about it. Yeah. Everybody's complaining about work, but then, you know, you have plenty of work here that nobody wants to do. But then, yeah, and then locating has been long-term uh, manning shortage, hasn't it? It's not just yeah, a it has. thing. Yeah, it's been that way since I was uh, starting up. But I think, honestly, somebody told me that it's been that way since, like, the early 2000s. It was starting to get that way, and then, like, 2010, it was a full-blown thing, and it just, there goes wonder what the, the reasoning for that is. I'll have to dig into that and see what kind of solutions can be found. Somebody at the summit said that um, the old locators are retiring and there's not enough new locators coming in learning from the old ones before they go. And I mean, that's industry. That's every industry, though, like welders, doctors, everybody. The good doctors are leaving, the good welders. Like, that's not just for utilities. That's everywhere. Honestly, I think it's like the new generation. They, I'm not saying that the new generation sucks. I'm just saying like they're coming into a world with a lot of problems. So they don't really have any good guidance onto where a good career is. You know, everybody's looking for that $100,000 immediately. And, right. you know, it takes time. Well, big, all through their entire upbringing, all they've heard is you need to get good grades. You need to go to college. You need to do this. But they're, there are other options and not everybody is meant for college. Yeah, me for sure. Cause I, I don't want to go to college. Like I'm good unless I have to, but I don't see myself having to, I run a business. My wife helps me out and she knows the business side. I know the locating side. So together we make a whole person. That's perfect. It's college. definitely isn't for everybody, but um, I, I've, I got my degree and I've, could use it to wipe my butt better than I could use it for making more money. Hopefully, hopefully things start changing and we start getting more people. Our company here, we're, we're pretty well staffed and retention is 
pretty darn good. Oh. Mm-hmm. But I'm f- fortunate enough to work for one of the better companies out there. But then there's yeah. there's other guys from other companies that I see down here that are just pulling their hair out. Well, I'll give some advice here as well. For all the public utility locating companies listening or anybody from uh, the utility owner side, if you target the high schools, you're going to get a lot of dumb kids that don't have any direction, that don't listen, that don't want to follow any rules. But then at the same time, you're going to get a lot of kids. I mean, uh, this is an untapped resource of people, you know, go to the high schools, tell them what it's about and weed out the bad from the good. Get these kids when they're 18, give them 10 years. By the time they're 28, they're still young. I started doing this when I was 26 and uh, I think 26. But um, like I'm saying, like if these kids started at 18 and 10 years when they're 28, they could be having more experience than like most 40 year olds in this industry. And then let's say 20, yeah, 20 years in, you're 38 years old at 40 years old, you know, you got 20 years of experience. You know how many people can say they got 20 years of experience? Not a lot of young ones. Not a lot of anybody in any field. Exactly. And that's what I'm saying. Like 25 years of your life is straight from the beginning, making money, yanking and banking. And I mean, you may make, I think most places nationwide are starting around 17, 18 an hour for this. Now it's, yeah, you're not going to be stuck at that $17 an hour for 20 years. If yeah, you devote, exactly. If you devote 20 years into it, you're going to get a lot of pay raises along there, but you're also definitely going to get promoted unless you're completely incompetent. Right. Or you're going to decide, I want to do this on my own. I want to move into this other line of work that's similar. Uh, you know, all, all kinds of stuff. It's not, it's not a, this is the only thing you're ever going to do. And this is how much you'll ever, you'll make forever. Right. It's a lot of hard work too. And I'm not going to say that it's not because it is, but like people are scared of that too. I say, you know, oh, you know, it's not, you're not out there sweating and breaking your back, breaking rocks and stuff like that. You're just walking around spraying stuff. And you're doing a lot of walking. You're doing a lot of thinking. It's very critical work, what you're doing, but it's not physically as demanding as other jobs. And people are still afraid to go walk for a mile or two. You know what I mean? And I'm like, all right, dude, go flip your burgers for eight, 75 an hour you know what i mean yeah. nothing wrong with being a burger flipper but if there's an opportunity in your face open that door absolutely so your company is called smooth waters locating and you're in houston yep i'm in houston why well, I, I live in i mean i work out of spring texas and um, i cover harris county and montgomery county and i consider all other counties so i mean i'm pretty open I used to drive 175 miles a day for public utilities, so I don't mind driving. Right. Probably should have included this at the beginning. What do you normally tell homeowners or somebody that, how do you get the importance of getting the private stuff done separately? So for what, what's your selling point? Well, my selling point is that the 811 public locators well, I'm sorry, 811 doesn't have locators. Um, the public locators that mark for uh, the companies is that 
they only mark the public utilities and that leaves the power to the house. If that gets cut, then you don't have any electricity running in your house. If your sewer gets cut, then you have a risk of infection and uh, leakage and all that stuff and you can't use your toilets. If your water gets cut, well then you don't have any water to drink. And the most thing people are, are afraid of are the cables, you know? Oh, I don't want my Comcast getting cut for Netflix. I don't mind water getting cut as long as it gets fixed, but I don't, I can't have the cable out. So I'm like, you got that secondary house. I see you have all these secondary utilities here in your porch with your TV on and your uh, lights in your backyard and all that, gas lanterns and stuff. I just try and point out what people have the most, which is sewer, water, and uh, electricity. Anything you want to say to wrap this up? Yeah, um, I think earlier you asked me to talk about how I transitioned. Did I talk about that or not? Uh, I I kind of tried to make a joke that you just woke up and started doing it privately, and you you said, yeah, basically that's it. Oh, my bad. I'm sorry. I should have elaborated a little more. Um, that pretty much was it. I was doing public utility locating, and I noticed what, what we mark and what we don't mark. Um, and I'm sorry for waiting till the end of this. Um, but so I started noticing what we do and what we don't mark. And then I found people say they moonlight and they're like, oh, well, I'll charge somebody 50 bucks to locate the private utility. I'm like, 50 bucks, really? I could just start a business doing that. And I went into that, getting my insurance, getting my equipment, getting my paint and everything like that, and just starting to talk to somebody. Right now you're just solo, is there? Any plans in the near future to hire some help? Honestly, yeah, I want to get into these, like I wanna get into different departments of utility locating like GPR scanning and all that. And I honestly, like, I'm not gonna say anything but I'm tentative, I'm open to going to the public and start to mark public utilities. If I had a team of like, let's say 10 people and I had the contract waiting, I could definitely see myself doing public utilities. Yeah, I think you could just start with like a municipal water contract or something. Exactly. Uh, maybe not around Houston, but some of the suburbs probably have their own. Well, Texas is, I forgot Texas power. There's so many different power companies. Yeah, uh, there's a lot. And for everybody listening, I'm not trying to be the next big company. I just wanna make some money. And if I can cover a little area, make some bread, feed my family, I'm good. I'm definitely not trying to be the next number one. But there's nothing wrong with wanting a nice swimming pool for your kids. Yeah, but I don't want my competition thinking I'm a threat. I'm definitely not a threat to the big guys. I'm just, you know, I'm just a guy with a contract. <laughs>